1: Okay, let's open to Luke chapter 10, and I will read from verses 17 to 24. Let's read together. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is. Except the Father, and who the Father is, except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. But he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Can you tell your neighbor, can you talk to somebody and say, blessed are your eyes, for they see what they see, and blessed are your ears, for they hear what they hear, and it is so in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Okay, from last week, the ambassadors, you know, began to take us on the overcomer, and um, like we noted on Wednesday, such an important theme and topic that you really shouldn't be in a hurry to get out of it. Most especially for the times that we are in. I don't know if you are aware that we are very, very much in the last days. Praise the Lord. We are very, very much in the last days. Okay? I mean, if it wasn't obvious to you, in the last um, one or two weeks, there have been wildfires that have burnt areas that almost are citywide. Now, you see, these things had never happened these are things you know that are new to the world where fire comes and it burns up and entire. I mean, there have been fires somewhere in the forest somewhere in the mountains of california and all of that in you know, arizona and all those but recently there have been fires burning up where people live for ages now the bible makes us understand that these signs are going to be there but it's not even just that sign how many of us heard about the nurse the young lady looking very normal, the nurse in the UK, who was murdering babies. She had murdered about seven or so, succeeded, and then some others she didn't. And, you know, what makes her own case very important in understanding where we are is that there is no motive. Unlike our people here, our own people do their own. They sell, you know, they use for ritual. This one is not doing ritual. This one is not selling. This one is not adopting. She's just murdering. And just watches them die. Because evil is no longer waiting. The Bible says the devil knows he has what? A short time. So evil is everywhere, trying to find, you know, any means of expression because he knows, like we learned from the demons that, you know, came to meet Jesus to fall at his feet, their time is near. So they know all of that. And we also live in a time that incidentally and unfortunately in our nation. Where we see every day the righteous are faltering before the wicked. And I want us to see that scripture in particular. Proverbs 25, 26. You know, and if you can give me the amplified version, please. That's also a sign of the end. Where a nation is as though there are no persons. It's like you come into a house and the state of the house, the guest wonders, is there no elder in this house? Is there no adult in this house? Let's read it. What does it say? It says, like a muddied fountain and a polluted spring is a righteous man who yields, falls down, and compromises his integrity before the wicked. This is where we are, you know, because things have always been bad. But when the salt refuses to salt in, okay, when the light refuses to shine, it makes it really, really bad. And that's where we are. So, no, you don't see anything anywhere, everywhere. The, the little resistance that God has placed there that, you know, this person will stand up, I have somebody there, I have somebody there, I have somebody there. Everybody is just compromising. Compromise, compromise. Unfortunately, this is what it is, and the illustration is, it says like a polluted spring. If the spring is polluted, where is the hope? Praise the Lord, if a cup of water is polluted, you pour it away. If a bucket is polluted, you pour it away. even if the water in the tank is polluted, you pour it away. But when the spring... Or the fountain is polluted. Where is hope? And that's where we are. And I want to beg you, everyone here listening to me, please do not falter, do not cower before the wicked. Amen? Amen. Do not cower. Because you see, the average Christian today, unfortunately, is not prepared for the challenges of living in the end times. And this is just beginning. At the, um, the ambassadors program, the talk show they had, They mentioned the LGBTQ plus issue, you know, and they didn't give attention to it. I thought it was something that we could have actually spent the entire, you know, the ambassadors program dealing with because these are issues confronting us in our time and especially these young children, you know, the world that most of them are going to be exposed to. How do you handle LGBTQ issue as a Christian? How do you handle it if you're not prepared? Okay. How do you stand? How do you explain to the teacher or the professor or whoever it is that you know without due respect prof you're talking trash praise the lord you know and just tell him sir, you know i understand where you are there's a chapter concerning you in the bible it's romans chapter one it says because you have refused to know god god has given to you a depraved mind praise the lord these are things that we must understand to live in the last days we must understand that in the last days we are not to fear not the person who can kill the body You know, I cannot love the word of God enough. It is so complete and it's so true. You see, men can give you the impression of a false sense of confidence, but Jesus prepared us well. He didn't tell us nobody can kill our body. He said, do not fear the one who can only kill the body. Isn't that what Jesus said? What does it mean? It means that sometimes somebody will kill our body. But he said, don't fear that one. He says, I show you whom to fear because what regret will it be? That somebody fears the one who can only kill body and cannot touch soul and does not fear the one that can send the soul to hell. And that's my prayer for the judges. I pray that prayer for them that they will have a fear not for those who can kill the body and can't touch the soul. Praise the Lord. They should fear the one that after the body is dead, he arrests the soul. Dead body they know they put them for prison. But there is a God in heaven that locks up the spirit. Praise the Lord. You see, when we understand these things, it helps us to stand. It's this kind of understanding that will make Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego tell the king, King, we can't discuss this matter any further. Whatever you want to do, do. It wasn't escapism, it wasn't survival. They understood where they stood. Praise the Lord. The Christian today must understand where he's to stand because we're in the last days. Everything is going to be burnt up. And, you know, Pastor Nad, the Wednesday before the wildfires was when we're looking at since all these things are going to be burnt up what manner of persons you can imagine somebody in uh, uh, Miami imagine somebody there who compromised to buy a car or to get a you know a big building and all of that and then from the fire comes and consumes this, and he's looking at it and you know the bible tells us that everything that we have is going to be tested with fire So some of us might be looking very tiny and small. We don't have anything. But when fire comes and tests us, we come out as diamonds. But some of us might be looking big and have, you know, fleets of everything, masses of houses. And when fire comes, ash. Ash is everywhere. So these are things that, you know, the Christian understands. And it just makes him strong. It makes him immovable. We need generation of Christians today who must be what? Strong and immovable. Proverbs 24:10. We know that passage. It says, If you faint in the day of adversity, what has happened? It says, Your strength is small. We have some very interesting um, translations of that. Remember the one that said, If you fail in the day of adversity, say you have a poor specimen. I say more interesting one today. Not more interesting, very simpler, since we have children. It says, Good news translation if you have it, but I have it written here. It says, If you are weak in a crisis, it says you are weak. did you get that yeah if you're weak in a crisis there's no explanation you're weak (laughs) your break didn't fail praise the lord yes if you're weak in a crisis you're weak so the time we live in they're going to check us economically you know every way it's going to come emotionally group friends you know, mentioned on, uh, on Wednesday for the young people, a time is going to come for your faith. People will refuse to talk to you. They will exclude you. But then we understand that that is to happen. And he says, when these things happen, he says, lift up your eyes, look up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So in our text today, that was just a background coming from the overcomer because these are the things that we are to overcome. That's why we are told in that 1st John 2 14b. You can please put it on the screen. It says, I write to you young men. Why? It says because you are strong. Okay, you are strong and the word of God does what? Abides in you. Thank God for the Sunday school here. I want to encourage everyone each time I partake of that Sunday school. I'm so blessed. I want to encourage us, we should have this attendance at Sunday school. We should have this attendance at the midweek service. You know why? That is what is going to give you strength to win the battle that we are in. Praise the Lord. Thank you, sirs. (laughs) Matthew 24, just before I leave that, Matthew 24, 22, 23, 24, and 25. You see, it says, and unless those days, which are these days, the beginning." He said, we are shortened. He said, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, he's going to shorten the days. So when interesting, you're going to see things, you're going to hear things. You're going to hear so-called men of God and some of the things they did. You will just know that you, you're a pope. Praise the Lord. But you see, all those are part of the test. Because some people from get-go, some people fell along the wayside. Some people did not fall along the wayside. Some people were like the test that were planted amongst wheat. And if you read that parable, the tares grew faster than the real wheat. Some people from the beginning, they were designed to grow, become popular, and then fall, so that many will fall with them. Continue 23, 24, 25, please. It says, then if anyone says to you, look, here is a Christ, and there, he say, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, hold on why would people be rising and saying to those who are in christ there is christ he's not talking about evangelism there praise the lord he's trying to say a time is going to come people want to point you to easier ways we have been told that the way that leads to life the gate that leads to life is what narrow and there'll be few that what that find it that enter therein but there'll be christ that will rise that will point to you that there is a broad way you're old school your own is too much Say, here is the Christ, and then you're going to look there, and things are happening there, unquote. That's the only thing it can be saying. It's not evangelism. It's not talking to the lost. It's to those who are the elect. So you're listening to me now, and you're considering several options. Are they pointing to you the Christ, unquote, or the prophet, unquote, false prophets, false Christ? They will see here. They will show you here. They will answer you here. You know, I think part of the message that God showed me is that at the very foundation of my Christian faith, you know, God delivered me. And it could have only been God because what did I know? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I got born again and got exposed to a fellowship where when I go to that fellowship, they tell me what I ate for breakfast. They tell me what my wife told me before I left the house. What else are you looking for? I've exited the natural and, and I've entered the supernatural. Praise the Lord. And just like many people here, I also was attending a church. And when I go to church, the pastor will just preach, you know, the Bible. And then when I go to this woman, she will bring it down and tell me things that, you know, wonders. And I so saw we go just the open mouth, they look. The only problem was that when I go to church, they taught me righteousness. When I go to the woman, she fueled my greed. And that's why people find those places more attractive. I told us that maybe for those who don't know, I don't have the time to tell you the full story. But at that point, somebody had promised me a large sum of money. I wanted to open an art gallery. I had some money. And a friend who was, you know, who was also much, much richer than me had promised me he was going to support. But this friend was a 419 person. And God was saying to me, come out from amongst them. So every time I go to this place, the woman will prophesy that that money is coming now. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But when I go to where God wants me to be, he's saying, come out from among them, separate. Thank God for deliverance. Somebody will be delivered today in the name of Jesus. You see, okay, let me not leave our direction. But may God help you with what you want. Part of the greatest deliverances a Christian can have is to want what God wants for you. Did he hear me? To shop where God wants you to shop. Once you begin to shop with the basket that the devil brings to you, your hope is very slim. Because he will flash things before you that if you pursue, he's wheelie, he's smart, he's, you know, he's old, he has sense. He knows how to you know, wind it in a way that you will be caught while you're pursuing that thing. But when you want what God wants... He says, the blessing of the Lord, He make her rich and what? Adds no sorrow. Hello? Okay. So, let's come to our text now. So, in our text, our Lord Jesus had sent out the 70, sorry, and had gone and done a lot of works, you know. And then they returned in verse 17. And they were, you know, excited. And they said to the master, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. You know, and Jesus said, wow, okay, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he went on and said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Beautiful. Then in 20, he begins to say to them, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. Now, what our Lord Jesus Christ was doing here was that he being the master teacher, you know, when he was on earth, they had this testimony concerning him. They said, No man ever speak like him. Praise the Lord. He was a teacher like no other. And, you know, there are good teachers and all of that. So we, we learn from him and a lot of things are there. Jesus was saying here that you have command of victory over the demons. It's beautiful. And you have done well in that great But Can I take you higher? Okay, so the sense that I was giving here is the sense that we do thanksgiving in. Can we please have some 103, please? From verse 1 to 5. And if you look at that Psalm 103 from verse 1 to 5. Verse 5 in particular says, it says, who satisfies my mouth with what? Let's personalize it. Has God done anything good for you? Or is he only me he's done something good for? So let's read it. Who satisfies my mouth with what? So that my youth is what? How many of us here are looking younger than our ages? Barista Dignes, I think you, eh, praise the Lord. The truth is that as a born again Christian, you should look younger than your age. Because that's part of the promises he made to us. Okay? And if you're not carrying envy, you're not, you know, locking people up in your prison here. Eh? (laughs) Hallelujah. You won't look that old. I mean, hardship makes people. I went somewhere some time ago. You know. And the man said he was, I think he said exactly my age. I wanted to rush him and say you're lying. Then the spirit of God said to me, Be careful. You see, because hardship, suffering can make somebody look much older than it should be. Okay? Anyway, he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is what? Renewed like this. So for that reason, I will do what? I will bless him. Praise the Lord. That is class one blessing. You know why? Because this level, even the unbelievers, in fact, sometimes they even have more. Praise the Lord. If we want to bless God now for blessing us financially, who should bless him the most in the whole world? The top hundred people, no believer will be there. Am I right? The top richest people in the world, first hundred. There is no Christian there. But we bless him for that. But that is class one. Praise the Lord. Some of us here, I think it was Vera that was saying her daughter graduated. (laughs) She graduated. You know the school where you go to eat lunch and sleep? She graduated from that school to the one where, you know, there are some schools that whenever the child is hungry, the child eats. That's not true. When you now get into primary school, the child still eats, but they eat at the same time. That's the beginning of You know, separation. Are you getting it now? So, at this point, we bless God and we're going to dance and thank God for all these things that he has done for us. Praise the Lord. Satisfies our mouth with good things. Our youth is renewed. Then go to verse 4 now. When you go to 4, it says, who redeems our lives from what? Destruction. He saves us every day. You run the roads. You see accidents. Some of us have actually been involved in some of those accidents. And the Lord delivered us. Myself and Chi would have been in a bus that some assaulted several times on, you know, coming from Lagos to Abuja. We didn't know what happened. We just, you know, woke up and found ourselves somewhere in the bush. So God is our redeemer. He's our deliverer. He delivers us constantly. And he says, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies?" But that deliverance he delivered us were pastors then in the bus. But there were people there who probably were even thieves in that bus. But what did he do? He redeemed all of us from destruction. Why? Because, you see, God doesn't even delight. He's not quick. He doesn't even want the wicked to die. Praise the Lord. So, God keeps them alive. Hallelujah. That's why some of us, we have people that, you know, before now, that we want to die. But they're not dying. You know, one of the things that has humbled me as a Christian is our former president, Buhari. Most Nigerians wanted him to die. But instead of the man dying, he was getting stronger. <laughs> God is not a man. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, God is not a man. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's move up. So can you see the levels? Can we go to three quickly? Now he says, Who forgives all what? Who heals all your diseases. Now healing. God heals everyone. In fact as a human being god put healing into our bodies automatically that's why if you have a cut before you take anything inside your blood uh, what would what, the blood uh, what, what help me doctor white blood whatever they begin to walk to cause a clot to happen there and if the clot happens there and you do nothing before you know it, the flesh wound is also healed why because everyone in this world is God's creation and God put maintenance in his creation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now what I should do for you as a believer is that if God heals all his creation, what more as a child of God? God will take special care to see to your healing. That's why the Bible didn't say by creation we are healed. It says with his tribes we were healed. So you have something super an extra that should make you have faith in God for divine healing. Praise the Lord, somebody. So that is a class that we give God thanks for. Okay. Now, but it finalizes by it says, Who forgives all your iniquities? You know, that's the level where the, the whole thing changes. Because at this point, who can forgive my iniquity? Who can forgive our iniquity? Who can bail us? The Bible says, For all I have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So at this point, everybody is in trouble. Hallelujah. Everyone is in trouble. We're all conceived in sin. Okay, in sin did our mother. So even our mother that we love so much is also a sinner. Our brother that wants to help us is a sinner. Your friend that wants to help you is a sinner. In in those days, the high priest of Israel, even when he went in to offer the sacrifice, they had to tie a chain on his body. So that if for some reason he does not make it and God smites him dead, nobody will go and bring him out they will pull him I, sometimes i wonder if they were pulling him and he got hooked somewhere <laughs> what is going to happen that's how it was because everybody was a sinner so it took the bible says for god so loved the world." what did he do that he gave his only begotten son that's why jesus had to come now for this reason this is the ultimate reason and source of thanksgiving and gratitude for the christian and why i always emphasize this is that that is what everybody can have praise the lord somebody that is the point where everyone can stand on nobody no one It says whosoever calls upon the name of the lord shall be one shall be saved sometimes for reasons we may not know you might be calling on god for healing and the healing may not manifest immediately okay sometimes also you might need you know some extra money and the money may not be available because you know for some reason but you can be sure that whosoever calls upon the name of the lord for salvation what happens he will be saved and what makes this case also very particular this one is that this is not available to everybody there are persons who have heard the gospel like you've heard them who know what you know but they refuse to surrender to jesus so that their sins be forgiven How many of us have spoken to friends about salvation and they say, okay, later, 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 later. Doesn't he know he's a sinner? Doesn't he know that if he dies in sin, he'll be destroyed? But for some reason, they have not availed themselves of the gift of God. That's why the Bible says, as many as received him, what did he do? He gave them the right or the power to become children of God. So if you're here and you're born again, you have every reason to bless the Lord. Can you put your hands together for yourself? Because he he has forgiven your iniquities. I don't have time to tell you the experience of being guilty. Okay, but guilty, (laughs) guilt is load. Somebody says I lift 150 kg in the gym. Somebody says I lift 80 kg in the gym. The guilty man is lifting 7,000 kg. Because the thing about guilt is that even if somebody doesn't talk to you, you know. When they say, hey, you there. You have fainted already because you thought they saw you i hear what i'm saying okay so jesus was not saying to them what you did wasn't good he was saying this graduated now we thank god that the demons are subject to you and for us also we must understand as we are here now that as a born again christian look at what it says that the demons are subject that verse 17 to us in your name so if you're here and for some reason before you were afraid of demons or whatever What you must understand is that Christ, our Lord Jesus, has given you his name. All you need to do is that in that moment and in that time, say, in the name of Jesus, what? Whatever instruction you want to give. Because it's not in our name, but he has given us the name. Hallelujah. Okay, so he said all of that to where we're going now. He says, in that hour, because what brought me here was that I said, let me find where Jesus rejoiced. Let me find what made Jesus, since we are following his path and we we want to pattern our lives after what was it that jesus rejoiced about and he says in that hour verse 21 jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said i thank you father lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes so I, i wanted to find out what were these things he went on in verse 23 he turned to his disciples and said privately again blessed are the eyes which see the things you see so what are the things you're talking about for i tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it and to hear what you hear and have not heard it so i began to look back at the text to see what was it that jesus really was you know hammering on that this people have and was was making him rejoice and i saw that if you read from verse one which we may not be able to do this morning I saw that as he sent them out, he said, Go into every you know, all the places you go, heal the sick there, say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. Verse 10 he says, But whatever city you enter, and they do not receive you. Say, go out into his streets and say, The very dust of your city which clings to us will wipe off against you. He said, Nevertheless, what know this that the kingdom of God has come, has come what? Near you, thank you. But I say to you that it'll be more tolerable in that day. I saw that what Jesus was telling them to rejoice about was something beyond noun. It was something that, you know, is it a, a, a tanner? It's a tanner, but it's also noun. It's everything together. It was an attitude. And I, I sat back to say, Lord, can you help me know what are these things that you taught about and you just rejoiced? And very simple things. Are we ready to look at them, run through them? Praise the Lord. The first one is that, every one of the people had god let me say they had god okay let me hear you say i have god because somebody's listening to me now and life is as though everything has collapsed on him let me tell you life cannot collapse on you alone as a christian because you have god do you hear what i'm saying i think it was two sundays ago we talked about god's phone number jeremiah 33 right He said, call on me and what will I do? Yes, we have God. And the Bible says, if God be for us. Now, many of us are masters at knowing what is against us. Oh boy, how now? Oh boy, we'll list to you 77 things that are against him. When you finish, just remember that for all the things that are against you, God is for you. And the people of the world will say, one with God is what? That one is not in the Bible, but they are correct in that one. You and I have God. So when you see a man, you know, when a government is coming in or when an appointment is made, you can be seated with some people and are downcast and depressed. And once they see a name mentioned, you say, uh, uh, "So so." You can't even use Labaja as illustration now because somebody is Labaja now. You, you know, you say, uh, "John Labaja." He say, "Ah, John Labaja!" Hey, eh! and he gets excited. Nothing has happened. You know why? It's just that he knows that John Labaja is his person. Praise the Lord. This morning, I want you to look up and see that God who reigns over the heavens and the earth is your person. And can you celebrate for that? He doesn't need an appointment. He's seated forever on the throne. That God is what? Your God is your God. Is your God. Psalm 48 verse 14. King James Version. He said, for this God is our God. This God, the creator of the heavens and earth. He said for this God is our God. Is our God. Can you make it personal? This God is my God. This God is my God. <laughs> forever and what? He's your God forever and ever. So when we begin to dance, dance because God is your God forever and ever. And what did he say? He says he will be my guide. He will be our guide even when unto death. We have God. The Lord said, that's why. Because the cities they went to, some of them rejected God. He said, when he thought about it, that these people have God, he rejoiced. Okay? Then it gets better. It's not just that you and I have God. We have God as our Father. Praise the Lord. Now, the person that sees a list that comes out and an appointment is made and it's his friend or his classmate or whatever and rejoices you know we can do that but it gets more interesting when the person is your relation is related to you we have god as our father first john 3 one, please anyway the, the scripture says woman of love the father that we should be called children of god children of god you see the relationship we have with god is to the extent that he claims us it's one thing for me to say you are my friend you are my friend You are my friend. Praise the Lord. But it's a different thing for you to say, he is my friend. That's what we are made to understand. God has claimed you as a children. He tells the angels, Ahmed is my son. He tells the angels, you know, Mommy Chi is my daughter. He tells the angels, I know everybody wants me to call them. I can call if you're ready to wait. (laughs) Okay, just help me say it yourself now. God tells the angels, he tells the seraphim's, he tells, you know, the cherubim. He tells the twenty and four elders. He says, look, look at that man there. Look at that man. Look at that boy there. Look at that guy. He said, that's my son. He said, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. He says that we should be called what? Yes. That's how God introduces us. Praise the Lord. That's why when our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, what did he say? He said, therefore, pray in this manner. Our Father, what? Which art in heaven. That's who we pray to. And that alone should radicalize your prayer life. We don't pray just to God. We pray to God who is our father. It makes the difference. You know why? If you didn't know, what is the peculiar thing about the father and the child? Can anybody think about it? Your father can be your employer. Your father can be your friend. Your father can be all of that. But there's something a father is to you that is very, very different on another level. Because the father's... Inheritance. The father's legacy is for you. Do you understand? So when a father is doing something for a child, he's actually not doing the child a favor. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? The father is invested in the child. That's why Jesus taught us, says, even in prayer, in that same match, it says your heavenly father even knows the things you have need of before you ask. And you read some of those things. We don't have the time to break it down. But why would I now still ask if the father already knows what I need? You know why? Because the father wants relationship. And that's where the church is missing it now. There is a lot of prayer without the knowledge of God. There is mechanic prayer. I was telling my wife one that I saw. You know, all these prayers that come from Yoruba traditional religion. Please don't be angry with me. But you know, you know... uh, how they keep saying this one will not happen, this one will not happen. You'll you, you not bury your child. The church, you will not go and not come back, you will not stand up and not sit down, you'll not eat and uh, choke. How many of us hear those prayers? Am I the only one? Eh? You will not turn and then this where is the imagination even coming? You will not live and another reap. Ah, your husband, you will like, uh, where is that coming from? It's the things that native doctor used to sell market. Do you understand? i saw one that one i couldn't forget it it said your wise men will not return to herod you see you're laughing they call it prayer points and then people are shaking head like this. i will not sleep and then you know wear slippers in the dream I'm, what nonsense <laughs> i will not eat uh, and then, uh, <laughs> oh no oh no you see what are you praying to it's not a scientific exam you're talking to your father. He already has interest. You carry his DNA. He said, every father's desire is that a child will be like him if he's good enough. Those of us that are mortal men want our children to be what? Better than us. So every interaction you and I, or you have with the father, is about your development. It's not about your survival. He has sorted that out. He sorted that out for all his creation. What more, his children? why should i always go to god as if i want to survive that's why jesus said after all these things what who seeks he said the gentiles seek why would the gentiles seek it because they don't have a father so that is their right that is their sentence they have to seek it but you have a father so you should seek the relationship it's your inheritance the father wants you to know the father wants you to catch his body to know his heart praise the lord so jesus was saying to them you have god and then god is not just god to you god is father to you our lord jesus speaking to mary after his resurrection in john 20 17 you know very clear there says do not hold on to me says for i am yet john 20 17 it says for i've not yet ascended to my father but go to my brethren and say to them what i'm ascending to my father and who your father God is my father. When you're dancing today, dance like you have God as your father. Praise the Lord, somebody. You have somebody that the outcome of my life has an interest in it. Praise the Lord. Yes. In that office you're working, the testimony you have in that office, God has an interest in it because he's your father. You bear his name. Those days when we we're going back to school, you know, our mom or our dad would say, remember your father's name. Remember the name you answer. How many of us did they tell that? Imagine the uh, uh, counter general of federation. That one that stole hundred and something billion. Ahmed Idris. Imagine Ahmed Idris sending his secondary school boy back to school. Say, remember your father's name. What it means is that when the boy gets there, now so he got a break locker. <laughs> Do you get what I'm talking about? But you see, when the father has that name, he begs the child, please, Protect that name. Guard that name with all that you have. So that's what we are celebrating. We've been given their heritage, and that God is a mighty God. Praise the Lord. Okay. Another reason, you know, the things that we know is that we know the beginning of everything and we know the end of everything. The Christian is such a privileged class. That's why, you know, it's not right. It should never happen that a Christian will cower, be ashamed, be unsure you know be lose confidence before the unbeliever it doesn't matter what the unbeliever is or has it doesn't matter they don't know where they came from they don't know where they're going but you know where you came from praise the lord the bible says genesis 1 1 in the beginning who god created you didn't you know ev- 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 is it evolute or ev- evolve evolve but what of evolute that sounds nice so you didn't evolute <laughs> they didn't evolve. <laughs> Okay, we didn't evolute, they evoluted. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, I I don't know if I've told you the story. A a man and the the wife, they were traveling. So so the child asked the father, you know, where, what about the um, uh, ancestors and all of that? The mother was a believer, the father was an unbeliever. I say, you know, what I where we come I say no from apes and all of that. So the child turned to the mom and said to the mom, But mom, you told me God created us. He said, Yes, you're correct. He said, from my own side of the family, God created us. But your your father's side, they <laughs> they, they evolved from, from monkeys. So uh, very soon you visit is your father's relatives. We'll go to the zoo. <laughs> You know, the Christian knows where he came from. In the beginning, God created. And in chapter 1, verse 20, he says, let us make man in our image. So the Christian knows God's design. That's why as a born-again Christian, there are some things that you will not allow happen to you. Why? Because you were made for glory. You're not an animal. Praise the Lord. We eat, we have skin, we're mammals, but we're not animals. Praise the Lord. The Christian understands that. There are some things you can't do. There are some responses you can't create. There are some, you know, ways you can behave in a public or even in private. Why? Because you're made in the image of God. So the Christian understands that. I saw something recently. I don't know if you saw it. You know, people wear red jeans now. And we all wore it, okay? So the question is this now. Why would somebody go into a shop? This particular one, I saw it. I think they said it was about 7,000 or, you know, some ridiculous amount of dollars. And the only thing that was in that particular jeans was the belt, the waist, and then just to show that your madness has money. That's the only reason somebody will buy it is to tell people, I'm mad, but I have money. Because it's a mad person's clothing. You understand? Okay? So why would somebody created in the image and likeness of God come out naked? You know, you're a lady, you come out and everything is in the showroom. Do you understand what I mean? Why? And then the one I don't understand is that they wear those things and then they're doing like this. Why are you doing like this? Do like this. So it will show well. Do you understand? Don't don't wait, and then be doing like this. If you wait, pull it up more so that you will know that the madness has, has traveled. When you know the image in who's are made, we know where we came from. We know where we're going to. Praise the Lord. That's what we celebrate. We have a conscious mind. We know what's up. Praise the Lord. We know the end of the story. At the end of the story, all of us are the bride of Christ. Praise the Lord, somebody. Jesus is going to wed us. He's coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. We're going to all be arrayed in white linen, spotless. And then we're going to attend the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's going to love on us and we're going to be with him for the rest of our life. So the Christian knows that whatever happens, the story ends well. Can somebody thank the Lord for that? It doesn't matter. The story ends well. The one who created this world it never runs out of control it never runs out of his hands that's what we have so you're going through you're going through that they're going through that and for some of us here you know life may not have you know fallen for you the way you would wish it would fall for you it doesn't matter when you read Revelation 22, you'll see how the story ends. It says, Behold, I come, and my reward is with me. If you read Re- Revelation chapter 2 and 3, where he spoke to the churches, he told them that to him that overcomes, one of the places he said, he said, you're going to eat of the, of the hidden manna, and then I'm going to give you a stone on which a name will be written, which only you know. You know part of the things that are going to be in that stone that is going to be written. Some of us here now, when we get, God will bless us and reward us at different levels. But there are some of us here that live life you know, disadvantage where we live life in difficult stance, you know, instances and you know, uh, situations, and still bore the witness of Christ. Let me tell you, in heaven, everybody's reward will not be the same. It's just like you know, for those who watch us and ask questions. So initially, I wonder why do they pay tennis players so much, and I realized that why they are paid so much is that when they lose, there is nobody you can blame. Lawn tennis players. You know, in soccer, the goalkeeper made us lose. Eh? I passed the ball. This person, they didn't play it. The referee, you know, did this to us. There are so many reasons why. So, I mean, it can go. But in lawn tennis, if in the middle of the game you have running stomach, that's your own. If you couldn't sleep in the night, that's your own. So, when they win, there's a way they are rewarded. They don't have second match. When they play, it's knockout. Every of their games is knockout. Do you know that? So life has a way of understanding the traverse you went through. Life has a way of acknowledging what you overcame. So like today now, for us, some of us that came in this ring, we're, be- we're soaked. On Tuesday, we had a prayer meeting. And Pastor Nat came soaked, drenched with water. And as I just looked at him, the Lord will reward him. I came from my office there and crossed this little bridge. To the children's church The reward for coming for that prayer meeting Cannot be the same for me as it was for him Because many people would not leave their homes Because of the rain But he got drenched to come Now God is a rewarder He doesn't pay salary Reward means is that they will gauge what you paid So for somebody here who is crying Be careful how you cry Because when they bring that reward We will say refund us Are you hearing what I'm talking about? the god we have has it in control that, that's why you see there, there's never a panic in heaven there's no situation the christian goes through that heaven panics you know why he has more than enough time to take care of you part of the scriptures if we have time that we we'll look at it, is that he says after you have suffered a while what is he going to do he will perfect you he will establish you he will strengthen you and what will He do he will settle you so that when you look back when joseph was settled he did not say, chai, I suffer, no. He said, chai, I'm enjoying. That will be your testimony in the name of Jesus. Okay? So for all of that, Jesus was saying, just look at it. Another thing that, you know, he must have seen and made him rejoice was that you and I have been given the marking scheme. We have been given the marking scheme of life. Luke 21, 33, and 34, please. You know, it's like you go into an exam. Luke 21, 33, yes, and 34 you're going into an exam and they tell you this is what is going to come out in this exam this is what they will score the highest point at a stage in our lives our exams they just want neatness you know all of that this and that this and that if you get it right if you answer question one well you know if you give me 80 words and all of that in this life that we are in okay We have been given what matters. This is what Jesus said, our Lord. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but what? My words will by no means what? What's he saying there? 34, we'll understand as we read. He said, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. A day is going to come, like we started, that's where we started from, where everything in this world is going to be wiped away, Right? some people don't know that do you understand some people don't know that some people don't know they don't know there are researches that are going on now how man can live forever you know that i mean that has always been going on okay part of the exploration of the moon and other things that you know some rich people are doing is to see whether if they go there they can also live longer now you and i know that all those are exercises in futility we understand the word. Heaven and earth world will pass away, but not a word. So our Lord Jesus teaching us, you know, encourages us. He said, please, lay your treasures where thieves, where rust, you know, and the rest of them do not come and destroy. He said, lay your treasures in heaven. So God has told us what will last. God has told us what should matter. God has told us, you know, what will never be taken away from us, but the world doesn't know it. The world is confused, you know, they're trying, they're struggling to hold and to lay hold of that. But you and I have that understanding. Now, there's a, a translation of this passage that I'd like us to read. I think it's the Living Bible. Give us the Living Bible, please. Of this Luke 21, 33 and 34. Thank you. It says, and though all heaven and earth shall pass away, yet my words remain forever. So somebody who has held on to God can never have a regret. I don't know about you, but one of the things I'm afraid of in life, I don't like making mistakes. I've made enough before I became a Christian. Praise the Lord. But since becoming a Christian, I would rather not move than move and make a mistake. You know why? I don't know about you, but regrets are so painful. You can backslide into that yesterday and change it. So why don't you be careful now so you don't make that mistake? So it it says, my words remain. So if you do God's word today, next day you'll be happy you did it. Next 10 years, you'll be what? Happy you did it. Next 50 years, you'll be what? Happy you did it. But if you do what seems right to you today, you can regret it tomorrow. You can regret it in 10 years' time. So it says, the world remains the same. And he says, watch out. Don't let my sudden coming, do what? Catch you on our You came to church this morning now. You are aware that Jesus is coming, that the end is near. You know? he says, don't let me find you living in careless ease. Don't let me find you carousing and drinking and occupied with the problems of this life like who all the rest can you see we have an advantage so there are problems in this life but we're not occupied with it we're expecting a flight they're going to call us soon praise the lord so i don't get bogged down i don't get into a fight that will not allow me go when they call me praise the lord i don't do that because i know that he's coming and i know that His coming will make everything beautiful can somebody say thank you jesus Okay, he goes on and says, we also know we have an adversary. And they expose the adversary, you know. And this was very important for me because it was like a shortcut. Do you know the Bible told us we have an enemy? They didn't pretend about that. And in James 4, what did he say we should do with this enemy? He said, therefore, do what? Submit to God, resist the devil. Give us the message translation, please. Message says, and watch him scamper. Do you know that all the noise the devil is making is because we respond to him instead of resist him? Submit to God, resist the devil, and what is he going to do? He's going to scamper. Then let's look at that first Peter 5:8. That's where it says, after you have suffered a while. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 9 and 10. He says, resist him. What do we do to the devil? We resist him. So you're seated here now. When we begin to dance, tell the devil you wanted me to cry, but look at me, I'm laughing. Praise the Lord, somebody. You wanted me to be downcast, but look at me, I'm more excited. You wanted me to faint. You are threatening me that 2023, what is going to happen? See me entering September. You had told me that fuel price, when did they increase the fuel price? In May, right? That was our inauguration gift. And you're still here. Are you sure? Hello? and somebody here school will start in september and you will look by this time next day and your child has gone to school school fees has been paid you know why he said therefore resist him steadfast in the faith he said knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world let's read that verse 10 everyone quickly but may the god of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by christ jesus after you have what after you have what After you have what? Can somebody laugh at the devil? Because he makes us think that that position is final. But what is final for the Christian is victory. What is final for the Christian is joy. What is final for the Christian is rest. What is final for the Christian is peace. Are you getting it now? The devil has been exposed to us. Some marriages, you're having issues now. And you think that's the worst. No, if you push through in obedience to God, you will look back and sing a new song. In the name of Jesus Christ. It says, the God of all grace. And let me just jump and round up here because I can see my time is so good. The God of all grace. What are some of the reasons that weigh the genuine Christian down? Is that anybody who is serious as a Christian, are moments you... What's it called now? Is it... Wait, just you know, you just fall out and think. Okay, l- let me say what I'm saying. If you're a genuine Christian who really you know loves the Lord and wants to, sometimes when you think about what is expected of you, sometimes your heart sings. Am I right? Let me tell you what happened. On Wednesday, on Wednesday, I t- I thought about self-control and wisdom and handling things. Okay, and uh, after we left church, how many of us follow that road there? Okay, so. You know when you get on that road and there's a car on first before you, you wait. Do you know I got on that road? I was almost in the middle. A car started coming. I was saying, if you, my light, I started flashing. The guy kept coming. He kept coming and then I'm parked in front of me. Crackers, crackers. Fire, fire, fire. Shit. Shit. You know? I didn't know what to do. And actually, the car I had could push his car out. And I won't tell you, it occurred to me. So many things occurred to me. But you see, I just left church. And what we learned was that when Hannah was praying, and uh, Eli provoked her, she did not respond in kind. She humbled herself. Eh? Do you know, I just reversed. As I was reversing, I said, this is noisy. It's not easy, it's not easy, it's not easy. The man would have thought he was a, a bad guy. He didn't know he met a born-again Christian. He didn't know. You see, when you think about what is expected of a born-again Christian, if you're serious, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing if you're serious, because some people are not serious. This say I'm saying that they don't care. They will shout, they will fight. Come on! They will do all of that. But if you're serious, it will worry you sometimes. But you know the good news is that the born-again Christian, they didn't throw us out in the world. In fact, the illustration the Holy Spirit gave us is this. Is that, you see, when you become a born-again Christian, even though your outward body is the same, you see, your nature has been changed. He that is in Christ is what? A new creation. So those things, when you think about them, some people, you know, are married. Ah! married just you one wife and all of that we are 29 years now and by the grace of god is one wife i've been married i've not married one and a half i've not married 1.2 is one and listen is it easy i don't think it's easy because you know the way man is created some people believe but when you are born again christian the nature has what been changed they have put in you a new nature the way the lord explained that to me is that you see uh, tortoise is one of the least animals that can survive in water. The way it's designed and all of that, if tortoise enters water, it must drown. Okay? There's no hope. I, I don't know if monkey, I don't think monkey also soon. But quite a lot of animals can survive in water. He said it's like giving those animals the capability of a fish and putting them in water. Can they now say I'm tortoise? Why? Because a new nature has been put in them. Let's rise on our feet that is why we will dance because you see, where we are going they prepared us, I don't have time to tell you all the rest of the things, so the Bible says where sin abounds, what happens it says grace abounds much more you see, you have been so programmed to win no matter the trial, no matter the situation the Christian is programmed to win, you are programmed to see, you see, we, we read the Bible and everything we read in the Bible was not done by supermen, they were done by Holy Ghost filled men they beat paul and silas he was preaching the gospel they beat them they beat them they beat them and they blocked them in in cell. they put them there they left them and instead of crying the bible says they prayed and then they began to sing praises you know why because it was not them at all it was the spirit of god inside of them now can you say to yourself i have the holy ghost i have the nature of christ do you know that when I met that car there, Jesus in heaven was interceding for me. He said, I do not fail. He can not don't fail. He can not don't, don't fail. He said he ever lived to make intercessions for you. Do you understand that? Do you know that God will not also allow you? When you think about all this that's why Jesus rejoiced. He looked and said I'm so happy. What a package you have. Can somebody begin to thank the Lord for the package of my salvation is a package that is foolproof, failproof. Proof everything, proof it's designed that you cannot fail. The end is glory, now there is grace, and the end is glory. It doesn't matter what is happening, the Christian can think, sit back, and think, and see that he has a reason to rejoice. Let's put our hands together. Yeah.
0: listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimba Expressway, near next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290- 9000 or 0703 1588404. You can find us online at www. The Father's God bless you.